Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Just a few words before we get started. I'm happy to say that my new book, All in the Same Boat, Lead Your Organization Like a Nuclear Submariner, will be available for pre-order on March 15th. This book is filled with sea stories from my time on the USS Tennessee. If you're looking for the most interesting leadership book in 2021, this one is it. You're going to learn how I use my experience in the Navy to successfully run nine different manufacturing business. If you're interested, and you probably should be, go to allinthesameboatbook.com and sign up to receive a special promotion on the release of this new book. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast or follow me on all our socials so you won't miss out on the details of the upcoming book launch. As always, if you want to support this show, please visit my sponsors, BottomGunCoffee.com and IHaveTheWatch.com. Both use the discount code DEEP at checkout. Well, that's it. Today, my guest is Christian Espinoza. He is an Air Force veteran turned entrepreneur and author. He runs a cybersecurity business, and through that experience, he discovered the challenge of leading high IQ individuals. He has a new book, and it's called The Smartest Person in the Room, and he helps us get a handle on leading these incredible people. I really enjoyed this podcast, uh, especially leading technical people, because I've done that for most of my career. Uh, Christian gives us a really good perspective. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Christian Espinoza. Christian is the founder and CEO of Alpine Security. He is an Air Force veteran turned entrepreneur, best-selling author, and high-performance coach. His latest book, The Smartest Person in the Room, shows how to leverage your company's smartest minds to your benefit and theirs. This book helps business managers develop their organization's technical resources so they can become better humans and stronger leaders. I'm excited to have him on the show to talk about leading high IQ individuals. So, Christian, welcome. Thanks, John. I'm happy to be here. Excited. 
Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, great to have uh, another veteran on the show, especially a veteran entrepreneur. So uh, yeah, yeah, we have a lot in common in that uh, respect. But um, I was Navy, your Air Force. But uh, tell us a little bit about, so you had a career in the Air Force, you went into cybersecurity, and now you eventually, now you're your CEO of your own company and now an author. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you kind of got into the world of cybersecurity. Yeah, I graduated the Air Force Academy in um, 93, so quite some time ago. And I wanted to fly, but I did not get a pilot slot. They cut a lot of the pilot slots, so I went into communication. So my first job in the military was dealing with the communications, and a natural extension of that was um, information assurance or cybersecurity. So pretty much from my first job out of college in the military, I focused on cybersecurity and, and I've gained interest in it over time because one of the things that I thought was interesting from a military perspective is how cybersecurity and cyber warfare takes place. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, you know, if you're going to like go, let's say fly jets over an enemy territory and, and bomb a city, you know, one of the things we can do from a cybersecurity perspective is try to take out the electrical grid of the enemy. Mm. So now they can't shoot, um, you know, shoot our planes down because their radar doesn't work because there's no electricity. So mm-hmm. things like that, it just, it just really made cybersecurity little less like just sort of like in the computer to me, but something that we could affect physical change and, and use to, you know, help with, with war as well. So it's, it's, it's bridging the gap between, you know, the, the logical stuff you see or the technical things on the computer with real warfare. So it's very interesting to me, uh, those sort of uses of, of, you know, cybersecurity. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And so you're, you're, you have a company now, Alpine Security. So what does your company do? Yeah. Alpine Security uh, primarily does penetration testing, which mm-hmm. is ethical hacking. So uh, we're called white hat hackers. We're the good hackers that break into people's systems, break into medical devices, uh, and then tell the organization how we got in. So mm-hmm. we act like the criminals and the thieves, uh, but we don't steal anything. Uh, and the whole goal is to help make the organization more secure. Wow. So that's interesting. This is in high demand right now. I mean, we, we hear about cyber attacks almost every day on the news. Mm-hmm. So I think, and a lot of companies are really worried about this. And uh, so I, th- I would imagine that your services are in high demand with respect to, you know, testing the perimeter, testing, you know, do do they have good systems? You know, will they actually protect against an attack? Because I think yeah. they're coming every day, right? Yeah, uh, the attacks are coming every day. A lot of it is just automated systems that as soon as you put up something on the internet, it's automatically scanned within like three or four seconds for vulnerabilities. And if it has a vulnerability, then the automated bot will exploit it and then use that to attack something else. Mm. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a very challenging environment these days. And it's changing every day, right? I mean, I would imagine that, you know, the the attackers are getting more sophisticated. The attacks are coming from, they could be coming from, you know, criminal enterprises. They could be coming from foreign government, governments. They're coming from all over. Could, could be competitors, you know, yeah. uh, trying to break in. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's a powerful, it, it's, it's definitely in the headlines every day. So it's a, it's a very important topic. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because you're you've got a new book out and I want to talk about that. And it's called The Smartest Person in the Room, The Root Cause and New Solution for Cybersecurity. Cyber so 
I'm interested in the book because not only is it about cybersecurity, it's about people. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about the book and, and why you wrote it. The book is about leadership. It's geared towards technical leaders or anyone that leads a technical team. And I, I, I wrote the book uh, because when I started my company, Alpine Security, in 2014, I went through a lot of um, you know struggles trying to grow the business. And one of the things that kind of like this moment, this defining moment, uh, one of my engineers uh, was telling me that the client just didn't get it. Mm. Like the client did not understand the vulnerabilities we were trying to explain to them. And I had heard that my entire career and just sort of thought, well, this is just the way it is. But since this, since this was my business and I funded it and I had more to lose, more skin in the game, I, I, I took a step back and like, like I said, it hit me differently. And I thought, you know what, if the client doesn't get it, they're not going to be able to become more secure. They're not going to understand the ramifications of what we're telling them or how to fix the issues. So when I, after that moment, I started really working with my team to improve their people skills because technically they were awesome, you know, great penetration testers, great engineers. But when it came to understanding like the client's perspective, communicating with a client, working uh, as a team internally, there was, there was some room for improvement there. And, and, and I wanted to provide a great experience for my clients uh, and make them more secure. And I, and I went through this, like different things I tried over the four or five years. And ultimately what ended up being the book is the things that I tried that worked out to improve the culture of my organization. So this is really hands-on. This is not just theory. It's actually, you know, how you did it and how you improved um, the situation. So what you're telling me is you've got the people that do this, you know, this uh, white hat hacking, uh, right? Yeah. They're really smart people, right? These are the high IQ. They're, they're, um, they probably get a kick out of trying, you know, the, uh, the challenge of trying to break into a network. And, and so they may be high IQ, but they may be lower EQ, right? So they probably yeah. are, are, are comfortable, um, probably working, you know, alone in front of a computer screen and, and probably they don't, they don't necessarily like the social part of their jobs, maybe. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the people that are, are the best, sometimes best penetration testers or best, best white hat hackers uh, are super smart, have a very high IQ, yet they still have to interact with each other on a team mm. and with a client and with their boss or board of directors. So there's, you know, there, there's there's this notion in my industry that, and I think this is why I wrote the book as well, it's like almost accepted that if you have a high IQ, it's tolerated that you have, it's okay to have like a, a low EQ or like no <laughs> EQ. Like, you know, if you're super smart with a computer, everyone just said, understands you're not gonna be good with people. Uh, and we just tolerate it. And I, I'm a believer that you get what you tolerate, right? So. Right. Uh, and it's not doing justice to the industry. It's really hurting us. And that's why I said it's the root cause uh, of, of, of us losing the war in cybersecurity really is the people, not the technology, not the frameworks. It's the people in the industry. So that, that's really the reason I wrote the book. I wanted to change, um, you know, package up the things that I learned for other people to learn. And I wanted to change the industry. I, I don't like the status quo. And as you mentioned before, 
there's a new, a new like announcement every day of a new data breach. Hmm. So what we've been doing for the past 20 years is not working. So right. I think it's worth taking a step back and looking at uh, a different approach. I love it. That's great. I, you know, it's funny because I'm an engineer myself. and I've spent my life in technical organizations, in leadership roles and technical organizations. I was R&D manager, engineering manager, mm-hmm. quality manager. I was, uh, you know, a nuclear engineer on, on, a, on a submarine. So I've been, I've been leading technical resources my entire life. And, and there's a lot of truth what, to what you say in terms of, you know, these really smart people, really good engineers, the, some of the best and the brightest are, you know, they struggle with some of the basic, you know, basic human connections and basic human, you know, uh, empathy and just you know, having feelings towards each other and communicating properly. And, and uh, that was always a challenge as a technical leader to be able to, you know, lead, you know, really intelligent people. Um, so what are some things that you learned in your experience to help kind of break down uh, or help improve the EQ side of some of these high IQ individuals? I learned seven main concepts and that's what I call the, I refer to it as the secure methodology in my book. Uh, There's seven steps and they're really personal development type steps, but that's like the, the essence of what I boiled it down to. Uh, And, and and I'll just quickly run through the steps. There's awareness. Mm. So that starts with self-awareness knowing your blind spots, knowing that other people you interact with have a different model of the world than you do. Uh, There's mindset. So having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, because a lot of people believe, uh, you know, I'm just not good with people. Mm, So if that's your belief and and, and other people support that belief, then you're not going to have the mindset to change, right? Uh, The third one is acknowledgement. Uh, highly technical people work really hard to become highly technical and to, especially like with white hat hacking or penetration testing, it's really hard to get, to get great at that. And uh, even in cybersecurity in general, uh, if, if you miss like one thing out of a thousand, the cyber criminal can break in. Right. So people are always like talking about what you missed versus what you got right. So acknowledgement is important. And for me, uh, I've always had a trouble acknowledging myself. Like if I accomplish something really difficult, I would just like immediately go on to the next thing. And what I found mm. is a, as a leader, if you have trouble acknowledging yourself, you're going to have trouble acknowledging your team mm. as well. Yeah. No, I know that very well. I know um, in my career I had, um, I had an employee actually tell me that one of my managers, he said, you know, every time we achieve a major goal in this company, you, you just, you, you go and you turn and you go after another goal. Like we never stop. We never have a little celebration and relax a little bit and, and acknowledge the fact that we achieved a new level of performance, but you're always off, off running to the next thing. And that, I learned that luckily early on in my career to sort of take those times to acknowledge that, hey, we have achieved something good. You know, let's acknowledge that. Let's, let's celebrate that before we kind of move to the next level. So that's, I think that is really important. Yeah, I think as, as humans, uh, we like to, once we achieve something, to, to feel like we did something good, right? To be acknowledged for it. Right, right. Uh, the fourth step in, in the methodology is communication, which is a massive topic. Mm. Uh, in the book, I talk a lot about um, neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, uh, and I'm a fan of NLP. And one of the um, presuppositions, as they call it, NLP, is that the, the meaning of communication is the response you get. So we often forget that uh, when we're talking to people, 
will just repeat the same thing like 20 times and expect them to get it, right? right. In my industry, in a highly technical industries, we tend to speak over people's heads yeah. and then say, well, they just don't understand. They don't get it. They're, they're stupid. You know, they're the users, whatever. But the point is, if, if that's how we're communicating all the time, we're not going to make the industry better if, if our users don't understand, if our clients don't understand, yeah. if management yeah. doesn't understand. So communication is an extremely important topic, and, it, and it's a big issue in highly technical careers. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Is your boss a jerk? I understand you're in the hospital, but I'm going to need you to come in today. Do they lack any ability to actually lead people? Oh, it's fine. I'll I'll just find somebody else that can do it, okay? John is offering a new service just for you. For only $10, he will anonymously mail a copy of his best-selling book, I Have the Watch, to your boss with a personal note. Go to IHaveTheWatch.com and enter the discount code BOSS at checkout. Deep Leadership is brought to you by my friends at the Bottom Gun Coffee Company. Bottom Gun is owned and operated by U.S. submarine veterans, and no one knows coffee better than the men and women who serve long hours keeping watch under the sea. Bottom Gun Coffee Company has a variety of coffee blends designed to keep you moving. From Ahab's Revenge Extremely Strong Coffee to their morning blend, Bottom Gun purchases only premium certified organic coffee beans from all over the world to create the finest tasting coffee you will ever experience. It's what I drink every day. Bottom Gun is offering a discount to the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to BottomGunCoffeeCompany.com and enter the discount code DEEP at checkout. Bottom Gun Coffee, the taste that's qualified. I can imagine if if I had penetration testing and and the and the white hat hacker was explaining to me well, well what was wrong with my system, I would probably my eyes would glaze over right because he right because I don't know anything about that right it's not my expertise right so I would imagine being able to communicate important topics like this to a level you know being able to bring your your communication to the level of the person you're trying to talk to where 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 are they at are they an informed listener are they a novice are they you know are they an expert you know you know kind of toning that message down to the to the audience right yeah and that's that's something that um you know I had to work a lot on with my team because we we would we do a lot of testing for healthcare mm. sometimes we're we're talking to a doctor or somebody in, in you know healthcare profession, and they don't know what we're talking about. But if they're going to talk to us about like what their job is, like if they're a heart surgeon, we're not going to know what they're talking about yeah. either. So it's not to be expected for them to understand cybersecurity. Just like we, they don't expect us to understand, you know, all the parts of the heart, for instance, or heart surgery. Right. Right. So, it, but the, in, in in cybersecurity, there's this mindset that other people should just get it, and you know that's it's been a it's been a problem, and it's mm-hmm. I hope hopefully conversations like this and you know as the eq skills improve with technical teams it'll be less of a problem mm. okay that makes sense yeah so and my got three others right yeah yeah my fifth one is um monotasking okay. so it's like the i'm a i can't stand multitasking <laughs> no i, I can't I, either <laughs> i think multitasking is like horribly inefficient yeah uh, so I, 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 I'm a fan of monotasking, which means doing one thing at a time for like an hour block at a time. Cause I think 
we can get a lot more done with concentrated focus than we can if we're like distracted and checking our text messages or email, all that, and just kind of bouncing back and forth between different topics or context switching is inefficient. And a lot of people like to, you know, talk about how great multitasking is, but it's, it is really inefficient. So I talk about ways to do monotasking, like using time blocks, you know, yep. blocking time yep. in your calendar. And then also from a presence standpoint, if we're communicating with somebody, because I put the steps in order, uh, if we're communicating with somebody uh, and we're monotasking, that means we're more likely to listen yes. rather than looking at our phone or something else. So it helps with communication as well. Too yeah, many people today uh, yeah. have a conversation like at dinner, but they're on their phone the whole time. So it's like Absolutely. you're not present. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. I mean, you know, it's, 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 I guess it's a great EQ skill. It's a great leadership skill, right? So when somebody comes in your office, for example, are you, you know, one eye on your computer and one eye on the person in your office, or do you have your phone in your hand? And yeah. and that's really that it sends a bad signal as a leader when you're when you're doing that with your people, and it's uh, probably even worse if you're dealing with a customer, right? And you and you're distracted and you're not uh, giving it your full attention. So, monotasking is uh, I like the term. <laughs> Did yeah. you invent that or did it come up? Did you find that somewhere? I didn't, did not invent it. I'd heard it several times throughout, uh, you know, the years. I listened to this book by uh, Jesse Itzler. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Called Living with the Monks. And yeah, I read, I read his Living with the uh, the Seal. or her, Yeah, he, yeah. he wrote yeah. Living with the Seal about yeah. David Goggins. And David Goggins, Living with yeah. the Monks, uh, which he talked about the monks practice monotasking. He used that term. Ah, and for some okay. reason... The way he described it is like stuck in my head differently. So yeah. Okay, I got to read that one. Uh, in fact, uh, he was really funny. the The audible version of uh, "Living with a Seal" is really funny. So I probably need to listen to the audible version oh, of that as well. So yeah, it's he's a uh, he's awesome. I listen to it audible as well. He's really good yeah. in narration. It's, it's really yeah. funny. Okay, I, 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 I like this, his delivery style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna read that. That's good. Yeah. All right. So we got monotasking. What else? Uh, empathy. So we talked about empathy a little bit. Yep. Uh, but it's uh, with empathy uh, in cybersecurity and, and just as humans in general, we tend to like look at the differences all the time. Like between us, we tend to focus on the differences. And it's, you know, if you listen to the media, the news, it's it's always about, you know, the differences about humanity versus the similarities. If we just take a step back, we have a lot more in common than we have uh, different, right? But, but if we don't focus on what we have in common, it's hard to be empathetic with someone because you're just going to see like, well, I'm an engineer, they're a manager. You're going to see things like from a title or difference perspective versus a humanity perspective or human mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah, so I talk about that and I talk about that um, cognitive versus effective empathy. A lot of um, technical leaders and technical people think when we talk about empathy, we're talking about effective empathy Mm-hmm. which means we, you know, feel the way somebody else feels. That's effective empathy. Uh, I think from a leadership perspective, we need to have cognitive empathy, which means we have an understanding of what that person is going through. Or we can put ourselves in their shoes. We don't have to feel what they feel because that could inhibit our ability to, to lead the situation, but we have to have the understanding and that's the cognitive empathy. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then the last step is Kaizen, oh. uh, which is constant and never-ending improvement. So the road to mastery is a long road, and any of those steps can take your whole lifetime to master. You never really master them. 
So I think it's important to understand that as you go start off and, and try to improve anything, you're going to have these dips where you get worse before you get better. Hmm. Uh, and, and it's just important to understand, like, as long as you're improve, improving every day and this, you know, with, with technical skills or people skills, it's not going to be like an overnight thing. It's like little improvements every day uh, will, will get you where you, you want to go ultimately. Hmm. And as humans, we tend to overestimate what we can do like in a year and underestimate what we can do in like three to five. Right. Yeah. Kaizen, huh? So you use a little bit of lean manufacturing terminology in there. That's <laughs> yeah, good. well, you, you know about the, the manufacturing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, that's where the term came from, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's that's outstanding. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think just with almost anything in life that, uh, you know, these small improvements every day, you know, get you get you along to your – get get you towards your goals, right? And, and, and you can't do everything – you know, everything can't be done overnight, whether it's, you know, getting in shape or losing weight or, yeah. or uh, you know, um, you know, training for, a, I don't know, an Ironman or something. Right. Because <laughs> I see you. I saw that you uh, on your you have run uh, an Ironman. So, yeah. Yeah, I've done that like 20, 22 Ironmans. Yeah. 22 Ironmans. Holy cow. That's really iron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you don't do that overnight. Right. You don't you don't train overnight to, to be able to do that. No, it's a, it's, I mean, when I first started, I, I couldn't swim like the length of a pool. Right. Like one, like one, one way, right. To the end. So it, it was a, it was a journey. Yeah. You know, day by day, I got better. Yeah. It's a Kaizen. It's the, it's the it is. improvements every day. Oh, that's fantastic. And that's so, where that, like that mindset ties into it. Because if I had a fixed mindset, I would say, you know what? I'm just not a good swimmer. I can't swim. Yeah. So you have to have the right mindset to, to want, if you want to learn something new, you have to understand you're you're not naturally just going to be good at it. You have to learn it, right? And that's where the Kaizen comes in as well. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, I was an engineer by training and you know, I went in the military, but I was naturally a little bit uh, shy. I was uh, I was probably, probably a bit introverted in my early days. Mm-hmm. And um, when I started getting into management and leadership in big corporation, I suddenly was then now had to be in front of people. I had to talk, you know, to groups and, and um, it was a big change for me. Right. And, you know, cause I, my identity had been like the engineer kind of a little bit, a little bit in a uh, in, little bit of an introvert, yeah. but I, you know, I almost said to myself, well, to do this job, I have to be an extrovert. So I, you know, that mindset, I said, well, I'm going to be an extrovert from now on. I mean, mm-hmm. I literally just said, I'm going to do it. And now I'm, you know, no one would ever recognize me to be an introvert. I'm the most extrovert out there. You know, I'm always around people. I love people. I love, I love being, you know, with my team. I like, you know, I love speaking in front of crowds. So it's just kind of funny that I just changed that. It was a mindset shift. I said, well, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go this way. And, um, and you, so you can having that mindset, that growth mindset, you could pretty much change the way you think you are, you know, yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point you brought up. It's like we make up our identity, right? Our beliefs make up our identity. We, we, our ego does the best it can do to protect our identity. So if we tell ourselves we're an introvert, we're right. shy, we're going to uh, find ways to, to make that true. But you just told yourself, well, Hey, I'm an extrovert. Yeah. So then you found ways to make that true, you know, so you can shift your identity, actually. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. don't realize that. It, it's not easy. Uh, no, it's not. It easy. is easy. Sometimes you just you just made a decision, you know, 
but yeah. you still had some growth um, pains, I'm imagining. Going, yeah, it going took through. me a while to get there, but now, you yeah. know, it's like if I, you know, I remember because I've run nine different manufacturing plants or plants over my career and like, I want to have those all employee meetings. I can't wait to get everybody in the room and tell them what's going on. It was just like that, that gives me energy now, which, you yeah. know, as a young engineer, that would, I, that's no way I would get up in front of people and talk, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like a one, funny. it's like a 180. Yeah. Before you like, I don't want to talk to anybody, but now you look, you look forward to it. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. I can't wait to get in front of the crowds. I just love that. I mean, um, I do public speaking now and I just love getting, I just love being around an audience and getting that interaction, that feedback, the questions, and I just, just enjoy it. So it's kind of funny. It's just, it's completely 180 from what I was. So. Yeah, but that's about you know it is it is a mindset set uh, shift and anyone can do it and and especially technical people so you know I think we tend to think technical people can be a little bit introverted but they can they can make a shift you know so they can make a shift and and what's important to realize and I talk about this in the book is a lot of technical people say well I don't want to interact with people or I don't you know, I want a job where I don't have to interact with people. Right, but if you take a right, step back, go. yeah, they probably have parents, you know, right. they may have a spouse, they may have children. So they interact with people anyway in their right, life. Right. So yeah. why not develop some skills that will not just help you work, but help you with your other relationships. And I don't know too many people where every relationship they have is like thriving, conflict-free and perfect, right? So we all have room to improve in our people skills, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It translates right into the, the the home as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I t- I use that analogy a lot with leadership. Is that um, you know I've I've got two two boys. They're grown now, but you know they both had really unique and different personalities. And part of leadership is 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 having that relationship where you know, um, okay, well this this son deals with criticism a certain way. This one deals with it differently, right? So how mm-hmm. do you how do you lead? how do you lead people? Well, you have a relationship with them and you know what makes them tick and, and having yeah. that relationship with them that says, okay, well, this guy sometimes needs a boot in the backside, right? This one just needs a praise and, you know, but each person needs to be dealt with differently. And I think, and that's, and it goes right back to just having those interpersonal skills and getting to know the people that work for you and, and having a relationship with them. And, and, and that can help, you know, in any, any, in any relationship in business is having a relationship with that, you know, another individual and getting to know them more than just that's my customer or that's, you know, that's another department, you know, and actually getting to know that's, that's Susan or that's Jim, you know, and yeah, exactly. going a little bit more about them. So, yeah, very interesting. That's, yeah. So, that's something uh, we, we, I worked on quite a bit in the culture is that the shift from like a, a transactional, based um you know discussion with someone to more relationship based yeah uh, because we're dealing with people at the other end they have their own challenges so you know we should treat it as such it's not just a transaction right we want it to be transactional though so what do you think as as you see these uh high iq individuals developing more eq skills and becoming more um you know having better relationships better mindsets what does this do? How does this help cybersecurity? That's the question I want to get to. It's like, how does this actually help what um, help prevent cyber attacks? What what's what does that do at the end of the day for you? It helps us with cybersecurity because we have better communication. Uh, a lot of time, people are aware that there's a problem or vulnerability, 
and they're afraid to admit that they don't know how to fix it or that uh, they may, you know, they may not know something because they're afraid of being judged as, um, you know, being stupid or not being right. as smart as they've been posturing themselves to be. It also uh, affects our, our clients. As I kind of mentioned earlier, if you if you're looking at a discussion with a client is transactional, you're not really listening to what they're telling you that right. their concerns are, it's going to be much harder to improve their security. Right. Okay. And this even goes beyond that because a lot of people in cybersecurity say, well, cybersecurity is like at the bottom of the budget list, right? Right. The reason for that most of the time is because the cybersecurity people aren't putting themselves in the shoes of the, the board of directors or whoever's in charge of the budget and asking for things in terms of risk to the business. Right. You know, so it's, 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 and if we can improve these EQ skills, then, you know, all these things that I'm talking about here, which seem like small things maybe, but all these things will move the needle a lot with cybersecurity. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you're able to just communicate what the, and again, I think it's, it's really goes down to your audience, right? So mm-hmm. if you're trying to develop a bigger budget, for example, uh, for cybersecurity in your organization, and it has to go to the board level. You need to be able to communicate the risk in a way that the board understands, right? It's not, you know, it's not the computer systems. It's, it's how much financial, you know, impact to the organization if you have a breach, right? You know, what does this do to your, to the public trust of your corporation yeah. when you have a breach? What happens, you know, you know, legally to your company when you have a breach? And, and it's got to be communicated in a way that, um, and it's not, and, and it's not systems, right? And infrastructure, that they don't care about that. They do care about dollars and, and goodwill and, and uh, you know, their name, the brand name. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the way it's got to be communicated. Very, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And if you can communicate that better, you're more, more likely going to get the funding to be able to, to protect it better. Yeah, exactly. And, and what happens though, is most people, uh, technical people or technical leaders will communicate in a way and then say, well, the board just didn't get it. Right. And they get frustrated. They don't get the budget. Right. And, and as I said earlier, you know, the, the meaning of communication is response you get. So if that's not the response you wanted, you need to alter your communication. Yeah. Uh, and this seems intuitive. But, you know, if you follow the steps in the book, uh, you know, these things kind of all build on each other. If you don't have the awareness first of how you're communicating, you're not going to be able to improve your communication. If you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to be able to improve it. So that's why these things all tie together. OK, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the name of the book is The Smartest Person in the Room, The Root Cause and New Solution for Cybersecurity. So it's, it's recently just came out, right? January, is that right? Did I, did I get that right? Yeah, the uh, paperback came out in the January and the Kindle version on February 2nd. February 2nd. So where can people get the book? Amazon. Okay, I, on Amazon. Okay, we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, so, Super. And, and how can uh, people find out more about your company and you and and all the things you're working on? The best place is my website, christianespinosa.com. Okay. Uh, and my company, Alpine Security, we were just recently in December acquired by Cerberus Sentinel. Okay. Uh, so you can go to my company's website. We're still a wholly owned subsidiary. That's alpinesecurity.com as well. Okay. Well, good. We'll put the links in the show notes where people can uh, you know, reach out to you and if they have questions. Uh, but this is an interesting book, uh, The Smartest Person in the Room. I think 
if you are leading technical resources, uh, like I've done most of my life, this is, this is a good resource to be able to try to uncover and unpack, you know, different ways to be able to lead and understand and help technical teams, you know, develop more of an EQ mindset and uh, be able to communicate better and work together as teams. And, and I understand there's activities in the book uh, as well. Yeah, I, I wanted the book to be tangible. So I have activities that you could do yourself or with your team uh, at the end of each uh, chapter uh, that's part of the secure methodology. Fantastic. Well, that's very good. Well, um, Christian, I really appreciate you being on the show and I look forward to reading the book and I encourage everyone else uh, who's leaders, especially if you're leading technical teams to go out and look for this book. It's called The Smartest Person in the Room. It's available on Amazon and we'll put a link in the show notes below. So thank you, Christian, for being on the show. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Hey, guys. It's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Cast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women.